Hello people, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what time of the day you are listening to me, it's your very own friend Esosa Osagie, and once again I welcome you to the BYG podcast, as you already know, we are all shades of beauty and all shades of godliness, we bring you godliness in its raw beauty. And we bring you beauty in godliness. We'll be talking about something very, very important. Something very, very crucial to our work as Christians. Something that cannot be ignored if we must live a productive life as Christians. I'm talking about the thing that made the life of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to have a fruitful ministry on earth. We're talking about what made the apostles to refuse to take on any other responsibilities so that they would have enough time to focus. What am I talking about? Prayer. Yeah, you guessed right. I'm talking about prayer, prayer, prayer. Today we'll be discussing on how to pray. And with me here is a very beautiful young lady. Holy Ghost filled sister, very anointed, and yes, very beautiful. I have to add that again. No other person than Auntie, I like to call her mommy, Auntie Miracle Genesis. Good evening, Ma. Good evening. Good evening, Versace. Good evening, Ma. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you, sir. I hope you are fine, too. Yes, I'm doing excellent. So, okay. quickly, we'll be get, throwing the floor open to our dear sister to speak to us. She will be bringing us God's word. I'd like you to stay tuned and uh, pay attention. Over to you, Auntie Miracle. What exactly is prayer and why is it important to us as Christians? I want us to understand that as believers, we can't um we can't overlook the the importance of prayer in our lives. You know, prayer is is is, is a channel through which we commune with God. It's um is a channel of communication with God. Not only is it a communication, it's also our operating mode as believers. Now, as a believer, prayer is one of one of the arcanum that God has given to us in order to rule over this realm, the earth realm. So if as believers we are not praying, it means we will not have that authority we will not have that that authority to rule over this this realm so it is very important and very necessary that we as believers um we we pray i mean without prayers we we, we can't do so much we'll be limited it's just like as a normal human being if if you don't uh, there are basic things that if you do not take um you will endanger yourself I mean, um, for a human being, you, you, you can't stay so long without taking water. That is the way it is too. When we don't, when we, when we don't pray, we, 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 we endanger our life. We, we become a prey to the hand of the enemy. And then if, if we don't pray, we will not 
wield so much authority to carry out our priesthood authority on this part of the divide. So that is it basically about prayer. It's also an economy for a lifetime. It's not something that um, you do um, temporarily. It's something that, um, that as long as you are breathing, you can't, um, you can't say, okay, let me take a break from praying. Like um, the Bible made us to understand in the book of Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. Luke 18 and verse 1, he says, And he spake a parable unto them. Now this, this was Jesus speaking to his disciples. He said, To this end, that men ought always, always to pray and not to faint. So as believers, we, 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 we can't, we can't, we can't our life anyhow we want it. You don't pray because you feel like it's something that we ought to do consistently, whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it. Because truth be told, there are times you don't even feel like praying at all. So it's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. So it's something that we ought to do consistently. It's just like you can't stay a day without taking water or without taking food. That is the way prayer is to us too as believers. So by all means, we need to pray and then we need to keep praying. It's not something we do on stop-gap basis. It's something that is continuous as long as we are here on this earth. So we are, we are designed we are designed to be beings of prayer. So prayer for us as believers is a life. So I think that's it about prayer. Okay, thank you very much, Ma. Thank you very, very much, Ma. While you were speaking, you said prayer is how we rule on earth. Could you please yeah. explain so we understand what exactly are we ruling over? Why do we why do we need to rule or what are we ruling over that makes this prayer a very important thing? Because some of us some of us are not privileged to be part of the royal lineage. So we may not really understand what it means to rule. What exactly are we ruling over as Christians? This rulership, is it something for every human being or is it only exclusive to Christians? And if it's exclusive to Christians, then what exactly are we ruling over? As a believer, prayer is, 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 is a mystery. It's not something you can explain. So now the rulership comes and it, it makes you in charge. It makes okay. you in charge as a believer. Yes, you, you are in control. He said God has given us dominion. Yes, for us to exercise that dominion over this earth realm. Now, one of the one of the one of the tools we actualize that is prayer. Is prayer. So if if we are not exercising our priesthood authority on earth, we will become a prey in the hand of the enemy. You know, scripture made us to understand that we, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now, for us, we, 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 we are not wrestling with any physical being. It's more spiritual than physical. It's not like you are going for a war with any physical human being. It's something you cannot see. So it is on the altar of prayer that you generate that strength. It is on the altar of prayer that spiritual stamina comes, comes into our vessel for us to be able to exercise our, our relationship authority on earth. Wow. Okay, so this just reminds me of the place in scripture where the Bible we are seated with Christ far above principalities and powers. So 
but yet jesus before he left said something that um he said something striking to the disciples that this kind goeth not out fasting and prayer yeah. so yes. that means in as much as we are seated with christ above principalities and powers there is a limit to how we can see this authority manifest exactly. in our lives if we don't give much time to prayer to prayer yes so i guess that's why peter and the disciples paid and the other apostles paid much attention to prayer yeah. i mean they saw jesus they saw jesus firsthand they saw how much time he dedicated to prayer all through scriptures you hear how jesus left went to a solitary place to pray how a great deal before dawn he left and went to pray and yes. they could tell that there was really something different in their, yes. their lives that there was something in his life that was not visible in their own lives and they could trace it down to his prayer life that was why they asked him to teach them how to pray how to pray yes so which makes me begin to wonder is there a how to pray i mean if prayer is important and i am praying does it matter how i pray i mean i've heard countless people say prayer is communication prayer is com god right now we are having a conversation so we are communicating i guess yes do we do, do we say <clears throat> excuse me do we say that prayer is just gisting with god i mean whenever you are not gisting with god that means you are not praying or is there something else to prayer that we do not yet know how do we communicate effectively with god in prayer okay so answer that question um in the book of luke chapter 11 verse 1 to 4 jesus already gave us a template on how to pray so i i, I for us as believers we, we 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 need to also adopt this template and i'll i'll, I'll read a few things on that question how to pray um i'll be reading um luke chapter one um luke chapter 11 rather verse one to four it says and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he seized one of his disciples said unto him lord teach us to pray as john also taught his disciples and he said unto them when ye pray say our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom thy will be done as in heaven so in earth give us this day give us day by day our daily bread and verse 4 says and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from all evil now this is a template that jesus gave his disciples on how to pray now the first one there says um our father now i want us to understand that what jesus was trying to say was that um the lord jesus invites 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 us to begin our prayer with addressing god as our father now i believe that um if 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 we if you as a person you have a, a personal dad now if you need anything from him you would always refer to him as father 
or whatever name you call him to get his attention for him to know that ah, okay well, this is my son talking to me now now that is what jesus was trying to let us know that for we to come to god in prayer that we need to address him as a father not as strangers now that was the understanding he was trying to furnish and now by extension he wants us to bless and honor our heavenly father so the very first prayer has to do with praise and worship now when when you want to pray now i'm talking about how to pray now now when you want to begin your prayer dive in and then start asking god i need this i need that no there is a how now you begin by praise and worship now that praise and worship is you worshiping god you take time to worship god first you bless his holy name you call him sweet names now that is the relationship there now that father son relationship you acknowledging him on a personal note now that is it now you you by the time you start you commence your prayer with praise and worship you see that um the atmosphere changes you begin to sense the presence of god and then by that by by, by that aura now it becomes quite easy for you to glide when you are praying now the second one says thy kingdom come and thy will be done now you god as the owner of your life now you are also inviting him telling him to come and take charge telling him to come and rule now in the kingdom come thy will be done now there is a will god wrote concerning us even before the foundations of the world began there is a will now as mortals oh. we 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 know that um everything god created he still gave us as humans he still gave us that choice he gave us that um that that legal for us to have that choice now we have a choice to do whatever thing we want to do god didn't take that now by you praying this prayer this is you giving him that invitation that lord let your will be done i have my own will as a human being yes and i want to be a doctor but that which is written concerning me might be that god wants me to be an evangelist it might not be easy on my own part but me saying, God, let your will be done. It means that I have surrendered to his authority. I've surrendered to the government of his spirit. And by that, by that prayer, you have willed that, that authority to him. That he come and take charge and then rule over your life. Now you are telling God to come and take over. Meaning that um, whatever thing that has to do with your own choice has been suspended. And so God takes over. Now the next one then says, that will be done. Asking that the will of God be done. There is a will for God. There is a will God has for us. We all have our own will. Like, um, let me let me give this instance. There is this, there is this um, um, man of God I follow closely. That's um, Apostle Michael Oropo. He he talked about so um how that he wanted to be a naval officer, and then how that he wanted to go to India to do his um his masters and all of that. But he said because he he has surrendered to God, that that will has been crucified. Now that is it about the will of God. His will and our will, they are not the same. But if we if 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 we if we come to that um that point of total surrender, then it, it, his will begins to find expression in our life. So that is it about um how to pray. And then the last one says, give us give us our daily bread, if I'm correct. Give us our daily bread. Now at this point, you are praying for our needs. You have needs for this, you have needs for that. 
now you are praying for, for, for God to give you your daily bread. You need this one, you need that one. And at this point too, you can, you can, you can also factor in intercession for one or two persons standing the gap for, for, for somebody in, in prayer. And then forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins. Now, when we pray this prayer, we are asking God to give us a clean heart. There, 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 I mean, there, there, there's so much um, bitterness, there's so much unforgiveness. I'm sorry to say this, there's so much unforgiveness in the heart of believers. And so when, when, when we pray this prayer, you know that um, you yourself, you, 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 it's also a wake-up call. There is a criteria. It says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Now, you know that the criteria is you need to forgive those who have sinned against you for God to also forgive you. Um, if, if, if you, um, um, I can't really quote that scripture verbatim now. It says, if you bring an offering to God and then you, you remember that you, you had um, a disagreement with somebody, you need to drop your offering at the altar and then go make peace. That is how heavy it is. So at all time, we, we, when we make this prayer, it, it, it is, it is, it is a prayer that we, we, we pray for our hearts to be purged. It is a prayer designed to help us to forgive other people. You know, um, I've often heard people say forgiveness is very difficult. You can forgive, but you will not forget and all of that. So we, when we make this prayer, we are, we, 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 we are asking that we are asking God to help us to deliver us from all forms of ungodliness. It's also a prayer that will also help us to forgive even those that have sinned against us, even as we trust God to forgive us our own sin. And then lead us not into temptation. We must pray that God will keep us from all plans of the, all plans of the devil. The days are evil, so we can't afford to live by our own terms. We need to always ask God for his protection and to deliver us from all forms of whatever plans of the enemy. And then to set his watch over us. And that the plans of the enemy concerning us will not come to pass. And then lastly, says, dying is the kingdom. Now at this point, you end your prayer with thanksgiving. You give God the glory for access to prayer. Believing that whatever you have prayed for, from the inception of your prayer to the end of it, you believe that it's been answered. And so, just like Bible made us to understand, it said, we prayer and we thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And at this point, you return back the glory to God for for the privilege, for the privilege given to you as, as a person to come before his presence and to make um, intercessions or to make your, your supplications known to God. Um, this is the template Jesus gave his disciples on how to pray and also by extension to we believers. So this is still the, the approved template. So I, I believe um, I explained this quite well for, for us to understand it on how to pray yes thank you very very much ma you made mention of something when we have to ask god to help our hearts that just reminds me of where the bible says in the book of psalms who shall ascend to the hill of the lord he that has clean hands and a pure heart so meaning our hearts purity of our hearts is very important when it comes to approaching god in prayer it's a must it's a must wow. i mean without pure heart there is no communication wow. that your heart has to be has to be has to be purified else there is no you are just you you are just making noise god god not even answer you because there, there is a criteria 
for your prayers to be answered and so if 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 you as a person you are coming to god who is righteous i mean your heart has to be pure it sheds more light to me on what christ has done for us by his blood because the bible says we should come boldly to the throne of grace whereby we can obtain grace and mercy to help in time of need so and the bible also declares that um as uh, as he is in heaven so are we so meaning as he is holy right now so are we as believers in as much as we must seek to live out the holiness of god that is within us but there is also the place of wearing the consciousness of the righteousness of god in you when you approach him yeah. so when we come before god perhaps you made a mistake some time back ask him for mercy and move on we yeah. mustn't we mustn't keep holding on to the guilt holding on to the condemnation as we strive unto perfection in our daily living in our relationship with him he's our father and he knows all our weaknesses the bible says that we don't have a high priest who is not familiar with our infirmities but he was in all points tempted as we were yet without sin so yeah. his his role is to help us to get to that point where we don't even need to ask him for mercy for any sin at all but yeah. in the process as we get to this point we must consciously remember that he has made us his righteousness so we don't come to him as sinners because the moment we come to him as sinners we are condemned already okay. but when we come to him as his son under the blood of jesus what he sees is the blood and not the sin of the man so i don't know do you have something to say to this because it's just something i'm trying to find a way to a, a way to balance this between because some people say wow the blood of jesus has paid it all for me so i can approach god anyhow god does not see my sinful nature and all that and all that and then they keep going on living a very reckless life living in sin deliberately and coming to god in quotes in prayers while some other people on the other extreme are always conscious of their sin every minute every second that they make a mistake that they sleep they are always conscious they are always conscious of this so when they come to god instead of coming to him with boldness because that was what the bible said in hebrews 4 16 that we yes. should approach the throne of grace boldly mm -hmm. not fearfully so this there are other people who come to god but they don't have this boldness they don't have this boldness when they approach him they still approach him as condemned sinners is there a way we can balance this so we don't fall to either sides of okay um let me let me read um hebrews 4 it says let us come let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need there's also a scripture i want to read okay um hebrews 10 and verse 19 it says having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of jesus and i <laughs> praise god yes so um when when we when we are approaching god in prayer 
we should also have this at the back of our mind god has given us that access to come boldly now even if even if um during the course of the day or during the course of your activity for the day or your interaction and then you notice that you sleep it's um it's it's um it's not enough reason for you to say okay ah i've seen so no need for me to pray today like i let me let me share this short story i had a friend he he had this um peculiar attack and each time he this attack comes he sees himself as so dirty that he can't even pray and then that that, that is that is that is that is that is a trap from the pit of hell to attack most of our prayer life most of us our prayer life you know the devil keeps bringing that that consciousness to your mind that you are dirty you are not worthy and then by the time you keep focusing on that particular sin or whatever it is that ah you become so weak that you don't even know you 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 you, you lose all trance to communicate with god now this is scripture telling us that having therefore that we should have this boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of jesus and so by his blood everything has been paid for what we need to do is to come boldly by the time you come boldly now you can begin to make demands on the mercy of god to cleanse you from whatever sin or guilt it is and then by that cleansing you you are free then you you you, you can you can you can you can you can can just go ahead and commune and have and have a beautiful fellowship with god instead of having the devil capitalize on that sin and then you become so limited that you don't even have that that appetency to pray you don't even have that urge and then before you know it, it keeps going it, it, it lingers so that's it god has already paid everything so the, the 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 thing there is for us to come boldly come boldly and then you take from his presence oh this is this is really this is really an eye opener this is really an eye opener this john 1 8 the bible says there that if we say we have no sin we are liars and so i think this is the scripture that a lot of people capitalize on and they say yes all of us are sinners nobody they will know the sin nobody they will know the sin and things like that but the holy spirit opened my eyes to something some time back and i discovered that what the scripture said there was not if we say we are not sinners yeah. what the scripture said there was if we say we have no sin that means no if we yes. say we have not committed sin but he did not say if we say we are not sinners meaning we may have committed sin but we are not sinners yes as believers we are to ask for mercy like you said well like jesus said in the book of luke that you just read luke 11 said forgive us our trespasses this is jesus speaking this yes. is jesus speaking in as much as jesus tried very much to teach us our authority as sons of god even before he died but he still made sure to remind us that we have to ask for mercy for our for sins. mercy exactly ask for this mercy for sins that we commit for our shortcomings not because our sins define us but because they do not define us so we have to take care of them as quickly as possible so there is a difference between a sinner a man who is living in sin and a believer who somehow fell into sin 
a believer who fell into sin is still a believer. As the Bible says, yeah. it says, confess our sins to God, is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then it says, if we say we have not sinned, verse says, is a beautiful one for me. If we say we have not sinned, we make a lie out of God. Remember, there's a place, I think, in Romans where Paul said, all have sinned and fallen short of glory of God. If we not to say all are, all are sinners, Mm-mm. because there's a difference. If you say all yeah. are sinners, that means there is no hope for mankind. But what yeah. is all have sinned? Meaning, have even people who are saints right now have sinned in the past or have committed some sin in time past, but they are no longer sinners. Even but now, John is even shedding more light on this to tell us that even though we are no longer sinners. The sin that we commit as saints, we also we also ought to ask for mercy. For mercy. We also ought to ask for mercy. So we don't just go about saying, ah, forget about the sin and things like that. No, if I sin, it doesn't matter. If I sin, no, it doesn't matter. And the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but as responsible children of God. Yes. I believe what the scripture is teaching us here is that part of what it means to come before God in prayer is to acknowledge that I ought to behave like who I am. Since I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I ought to have behaved like the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm sorry for not behaving as who I am. I have come now for mercy and I have come for grace in order to behave as who I am next time. So of God in Christ Jesus, I ought not to have fornicated or I ought not to have told a lie, but I did that. I acted contrary to my true identity, contrary to my true nature. Father, I am sorry. Have mercy on me. Because that's actually what coming to the throne of grace is right. It's about yes, that's true. Coming to the throne of grace is also about prayer. When you pray, the Bible says you enter his courts with praise, enter his, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So, so as we are coming to the throne of grace in prayers, we should also bear in mind that, ah, this is my father. He's not happy the way I behaved. I didn't represent him well. So, daddy, I'm so sorry for this. Please, give me more strength. Give me more yeah. grace to represent you well in the future. So, um, the next question I'll be asking is this. Now, when I want to pray, especially for someone like me, um, the people who taught me prayer, they taught me prayer walking up and down. Like, oh my God. Ah, you can't be sitting down and you say you are praying around them. You can't even be <laughs> down and you are kneeling down. Ah, are you okay? You have to, you must be walking up and Please down. Are you Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Like, like, you, have to you, pace, must... you have to pace around when you are praying. Exactly. And you must shout at the top of ah. your lungs. <laughs> You are praying, you are really praying. So, but I want to ask, does it does it really matter that our physical posture, our posture. physical appearance, does it really matter in prayer? And if it does matter, in what sense does it matter? Or is it that just whenever I want to pray, I must walk around and shout? Or <laughs> whenever I want to pray, I must kneel down. So even if I'm on the road, and I want to pray, I will have to wait till I go home so that I can kneel down at home. So if I have a body, a heavy body, I have to leave the body till when I get home so I can kneel down. Or I have to 
look for any corner on the streets and kneel down on the road there and tell people <laughs> me, I'm praying. I like to understand. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, postures. There, there are biblical examples to to um that um listed and prayers postures of prayer. But I I want to say something that one of the things that matters so much about prayer is um the attitude now by attitude i mean the heart connection you can be shouting on top of your voice but if that heart connection is not there you are not praying you're just making noise yes it's the heart connection that matters now i i was privileged to someone invited me for a program that was um two years back um that was um at um apostle army of size ministry i went for a program there and then i am somebody that when i pray i like um like you said i like pacing up and down. i like moving just moving up and down though when i'm praying and then when i when i went to tent that day i found some person sitting down and then these persons that are sitting down i noticed that some of them that were sitting down they were more connected hmm. when we were praying than those of us that we are standing moving left right everywhere so it's wow. not about the posture basically it's about the connection you can kneel you can you, you, you can go on your knees to pray you might not be connected more than the person that prostrates when he or she is praying so it all boils down to that has that connectivity when you are praying that ability mm. to accept when you are praying now there are various scriptures that that made mention of um, of um prayer postures and one of them is ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14 it says for this cause i bow my knees unto lord jesus christ now you can kneel to pray provided you are connected when you are praying so it is not it is not um it is not a must that um you must assume a particular posture there are times i can some person say they lie down when they lie down on their bed to, to pray they sleep off most times i lie down on my bed i pray and i pray very comfortably other times i can just lie down and before i know it i'll just sleep off so it's the it's the heart connection that matters it's not just about that you can you can scream on top of your voice and for all we know you are just shouting you you, wow. you 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 are just um yelling on top of your voices so that people can hear that you are praying remember the scripture that says um um i can't remember that portion of the bible now where 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 where, where um scripture says you hypocrites when you pray you pray on top of your voices for people to see you and all of that so it's not about all of those things that matters it's the heart connection with the one you are praying to that matters wow wow so that means if i'm to juxtapose this exposition now an explanation with um the part of the bible that says the next the the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much that means that means what i'm supposed to what i'm supposed to get from that scripture is the fervency of my prayer 
yes. or the fervency of my body during prayer is to be in tune with how fervent my heart is during the prayer. Yes. Yes. So if I am shouting at the top of my voice, it doesn't necessarily mean I am really connected in my heart. Yes. Yes. But there is also a point where the burden in my heart necessitates that I should shout. Like you said, um sometimes you lie down on your bed and you are really really praying like you are praying very hot. But other times you lie down on your bed to pray and then you sleep off. So <laughs> So probably we can we can say that those times when you were really really praying was as a result of certain burdens that's when your heart which yes. which kicked out sleep entirely yeah. wow wow this is really this is really an eye opener trust me blessed i've really been blessed when i when i when i want to pray when i want to pray i must first of all ensure that my heart is connected yes my heart is connected and so when my heart is connected my body will naturally flow yes if i decide to put my body i may just end up exact exerting energy without without making without any... yes wow yes. <laughs> Thank you very, very much, Ma. Thank you very much, Ma. We're so glad to have you. So there you have it, guys. Um, that doesn't mean that go and lie down on your bed every time you want to pray. <laughs> Maybe you finish eating very heavy by in the evening and you want to pray and then you say, uh, it's just about the heart. I'll lie down on my bed. And to you will sleep. You wake, wake up myself. Up you <laughs> You'll be wondering what happened. I thought I wanted to pray. How? I, 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 but Lord, I was praying. How? How did I? How did I sleep? How did it happen? How did it happen, Lord? Please, oh, so this is not advice, though. Don't try this at home. Except, uh, hey, you know, you know that the body is is flowing very well with you lying down on the bed to pray. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Miracle Genesis. We really appreciate you taking our time to speak with us today. We really appreciate you from the depths of our hearts. Thank you so much for having me on the show, sir. Thank you. Okay, ma. So all right, guys. We'll see another time.